Hello and welcome to our Money Matters show. We have an exciting program set for you today. I'm Patricia Dunn from Merrill Lynch Wealth Management, locally here in Conshohocken, Pennsylvania. And my co-host today is uh, Paul Mitchell, who is the Chief Credit Officer of Upland Business Capital. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Pat. Good to be on the show. Good to see you again. Today, Paul and I were chatting, and it's interesting. Uh, I was recently asked uh, by a professional, what was the difference between generic advice and personalized advice when it came to the financial services industry? So I asked Paul if he's run into the same questions in the lending business, and he has. So I'm going to take a few minutes to discuss the difference between generic and personalized, and then Paul will do the same for his industry. But previously on this show, I've mentioned many times the four levels of advice in the financial services industry. The no advice, do it yourself. The automated advice where the customer only interacts with the computer. And my friend Paul likes to call that advice by technology. And I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, and then generic advice where you're actually talking to a human. I sometimes refer to that as 1-800-TALK-TO-A-HUMAN. And that <laughs> is a licensed professional, tend to be on the younger side, and they help people with the automated advice. So automated advice by yourself with the computer or automated advice with the help of a human. But personalized advice is where we sit. And that's a totally different animal from generic advice. So that begs the question, if all these other options are out there, why would an investor seek out personalized, tailored advice? And in my 40 years, 40 plus years, I have found that really there are three different reasons why people do that. First of all, they want to grow their net worth. They want to protect their net worth and they want to thoughtfully transfer their net worth. Now, please notice I use the word net worth. I did not say portfolio. The first three levels in the financial services industry are all portfolio centric. It's only at the personalized level that you become net worth uh, centric. And net worth is a whole lot more than your portfolio. It includes things like life insurance, long-term care coverage, mortgages, lines of credit, trust accounts, protection in the event you become cognitively declined. None of these things are addressed by the lower three levels. So you say, okay, then the only people who want personalized advice are multimillionaires. No, no. Yes, they do tend to have larger portfolios, but being a millionaire is certainly not a requirement. Uh, the types of people who come to us, and typically they come 10 to 15 years before they're going to retire, come from three different sources. They're either muddled and confused, and very much need some help, or they're so busy with their own careers and life's demands 
that they just plain don't have time to attend to their financial matters. And the third group is a group that comes to me and says, Pat, I've been so fortunate with what I've been able to put together in my lifetime. I want to be a good steward and I want to make the most of what we have. So at the end of the day, person would come for personalized, tailored advice at a Merrill Lynch. And of course, the Merrill Lynch Wealth Management Dunn Group is interested, uh, but also JP Morgan, UPS, you know, these folks at the top of the food chain when it comes to financial advice for five reasons. They want answers to questions like, what if I live? What if I die? What if I get sick? What if I get sued? And when the time comes, where do I want my money to go and how? The lower three levels in the financial services industry only focuses on what if I live? If you want more, you need personalized advice. Now, Paul, your industry, lending, is probably faced with the same things. Well, yes. In fact, uh, let's go back to my reference to uh, the technology aspect of investing. I'll go back to the uh, the good old uh, internet uh, craze, I'll say, uh, where uh, everything was going to be done over the internet. You didn't need an intermediary. You didn't need a, a stockbroker or a financial advisor. You certainly didn't know somebody that would help you find financing. You just went on the internet and Googled, this is what I'm looking for. And you get a few suggestions and stuff and away you'd go. Well, a lot of that has not come to pass. <laughs> It all went away because, among other things, who are you dealing with? You know their reputation. Have you spoken to them? You know what their expertise is. You know what their experience is. Not on the Internet. The Internet is a simple, uh, inexpensive way to uh, do things, to connect with each other. Man, if you want to uh, you know, get, get business done the right way, it's for your best benefit. Watch out. <laughs> so, what? So, in the the lending business, uh, who are their lenders? Uh, well, traditionally, you have banks. They're pretty much only banks. So, occasionally, you'd have somebody, um, you know, that would invest their own money in, in, in something. But in terms of the average um, uh, person down the road, you'd go, you'd go to a bank. And over the years, you had non-banks come into play. This is pretty much the last 30 or 40 years. What's a non-bank? Well, it's not a bank that takes deposits. It's not a bank that's regulated by the, uh, the FDIC. Uh, it's not a bank that's regulated by uh, pretty much anybody. And where, why is there a market for them? Well, they fill in the void. If a bank turns you or a business down, maybe a non-bank will do it. There's an awful lot of activity in the non-bank uh, world these days, an awful lot. Uh, one of the things they don't advertise is how much does it cost? <laughs> well, if you can't get a bank a loan from a bank, okay, which is generally the lowest cost place you're going to find, anything else is going to be more expensive. And then it's how much more expensive. You know, the other aspects too, in terms of reputation, how people do business, I'll give you an example. So for the last uh, 20 some odd years, I've spent most of my time kind of acting as an intermediary 
helping businesses get financing, the kind of financing they, they need. Okay, so one one uh, company about uh, ten years ago or so, um, I was introduced to them by their, their attorney. I explained the way I operated that type of thing, and I asked them, uh, you know, if I could have a retainer to uh, you know uh, pay, pay my way as I worked on their their deal. They said, Paul, I understand you deserve it. I'd love to to do that for you, but we just had a bad experience. We gave somebody a 25, they're looking for a few million dollars. Okay? We gave somebody $25,000 up front as a retainer. And guess what? After that, they didn't return our phone calls. It was a local company, you know, about 10 miles away from where they're located. Uh, so, Paul, um, I, that dovetails into our investor question. So let me jump in sure. here and ask the investor question. We have a Tim Dayton from Philadelphia who wants to know what an average commercial real estate loan rate would be for today's investor. Okay. Well, number one, I guess we're mostly talking about banks. <laughs> if, if we're talking about non-banks, uh, you could use a factor of one and a half to uh, maybe seven times uh, what a uh, commercial bank would, would charge. Um, I would say really in the 3% range. I mean, interest rates these days are historic lows because there's some really tough times in the economy and frankly uh banks lenders are finding a tough time to find good situations to lend into because of all these uncertainties so one of the first things that happens is let's say the best rate is three percent terrific what do you need to get to qualify for three percent now well three years ago maybe you put ten percent down or fifteen percent down or even twenty percent down what do you got to put down now 30 40 maybe 50% to get that 3% because of all the uncertainties and all. So there's an awful lot of vagaries involved. Again, so I would recommend talk to your other professionals, talk to several several uh, kinds of professionals, uh, be cautious uh, who you're dealing with, uh, and um, just be very careful about it. All right. Now, we uh, would like to share with our viewers how they can send a question to Money Matters TV. You can have your questions answered on Money Matters. Please go to our website, money-matterstv.com. On our homepage, click on the banner on the right that says, Send Us Your Questions. While you're on our website, you can find information about our hosts and guests, as well as show notes and links about this show and past shows. Money Matters is also available as a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, so you can listen to Money Matters while you're on the go. That website address, again, is money, M-O-N-E-Y, dash matters, M-A-T-T-E-R-S, T-V dot com. Welcome back. Now for the exciting part of our show, when we get to interview today's guest. And today's guest is very special. His name is Ken Myers, and he is the owner of Apex Leadership Company. Now, Ken's company serves elementary and middle schools by providing exceptional life lessons in areas like leadership, empathy, cooperation, and responsibility, things that our young people need very much, but they do it while at the same time doing a fitness-based fundraiser 
for the school. Absolutely fascinating. Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pat. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I'm going to put you on the hot seat here, Ken. Can, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your company? Sure, sure. Um, so as it says below, right below me there, my name is Ken Myers, and I'm the local owner of Apex Leadership Company in the Philadelphia area. We work in the Philadelphia, Montgomery, Bucks, Chester, Delaware counties. And um, I was born and raised in Northeast Philadelphia, Tacony. We moved um, out of Tacony to Ben Salem when I was in seventh grade. Um, I attended Holy Ghost Prep, and uh, then I went to Penn State University. And um, I'm the youngest of nine children, um, which doesn't seem to happen a whole lot anymore. Uh, I only have two of my own, which I guess is proof of that. Uh, my son's in 10th grade, my daughter's in sixth grade. All right. What made you get involved with Apex Leadership? Uh, that's a great question, Pat. Um, I had had my own business for about 15 years. I was in an industry for about 20 years and um, it was kind of, I guess it was time for me to get out. I sold my business and I was kind of looking for my next adventure. And, um, you know, my goals were to make a difference um, for people out there and make a difference in my community. Um, and I was hoping my business could be scalable so I could grow it and, and make an even bigger difference out there. So um, Apex really, it kind of checked all those boxes for me. Um, the opportunity to impact kids and help schools uh, and other groups, it, it kind of just was a no brainer for me. It really spoke to me. Paul, do you have a question? No, is, is Apex a local company or is it nationwide or how does that work? Is it a local company? Uh, or? It's, it's actually a nationwide company. Um, that but, but it has yeah i'm sorry can you hear me paul a little bit can you hear me pat yes okay uh so it, it is a nationwide company i'm the local owner i'm the local franchise owner and and when apex looked wanted to grow they decided uh franchising was the best uh method for them because they didn't want to be a big corporate they wanted to have local ownership in the local areas where they work um so you know we we live and and, and work in and we pay tax dollars in, in the school systems that we that we we're in and we support um our staff is all local so um and i'll get to that in a little bit but we have what we call athletes who are our staff that go into the schools and um and and run the program for us um but uh you know being local it's um it helps ensure you know, A-plus customer service, and, you know, I'm a local business owner in the community. Well, let's let's focus on that for a moment, because although this is a local program, it is able to be viewed quite broadly. Can you give us some ideas as to what kind of local schools you work with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the um, We've so far, uh, we've worked with in the Upper Dublin School District, we've worked in Central Bucks, Cheltenham School Districts, and we're also going to be serving in the Wissahickon and Pensbury School Districts as well. And, um, you know, while we've raised record funds for the schools we've served, it's really been the impact that we've made with the kids and the teachers and the parents and the com community. That's really most rewarding um, and, and why I'm in the business. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we do, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but we do raise an amazing amount of money for these schools and that's rewarding in and of itself. But it's really the impact that we have with the kids and and and, and the the inspiration and, and mentorship that we offer to these kids that, that really is, is why we do what we do. Ken, can you share some success stories uh, with us? Exactly, how does the program work? Uh, how long does it take? 
sure. who gets involved. Um, how do you raise the money? How do you do the ask? Yeah, well, yeah, that's actually one of the really sort of neat um, neat features of our of our program. You know, a, a lot of fundraisers I, I know as, as a kid and, and even as a parent, I've dealt with our, you know, product-based fundraisers where you're selling cookie dough or wrapping paper or, you know, lots of things that I really don't want, um, but I buy for my kids because I love them kind of deal. But, um, you know, we've, you know, um, we've had some tremendous success stories with some of the schools um, that we've that we've worked with. And, uh, you know, I've, we've got lots of references that we can offer to any schools that might want to learn a little bit more about us. But, um, you know, I'd like to kind of share a little bit about how the program works. It's a two week program where we're actually on campus uh, for two weeks and we're sharing uh, our leader or I'm sorry, we're, we're teaching our leadership lessons to the kids while we're promoting a fitness based fundraiser. So the, the program is really all about leadership, um, character lessons. Uh, we promote we support social and emotional learning. All of our our programs and our themes that we have each year and each year our theme changes. So you can see the one behind me, Apex Strong. That was our theme from two years ago. This year, our, our, our theme is Apex Mighty. So each year we have a new theme and new lessons that we're teaching the kids because we have about 90 to 95 percent um, retention rate with our schools. So schools that work with us once come back to us year after year after year. Um, and that says a lot about the program in and of itself. So. Um, some of the some of the uh, success stories. Uh, I think Paul, your question was, you know, can I share some success stories with you? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And um, how how, exactly how does it work? I mean, what do you okay. do the day sure. one, day two? I'll, I'll talk about how it works first, and then I can talk about some of the schools and some of the success sure. stories we've had. Um, so, as I mentioned, it's a two week program. So we we go on campus for two weeks. We we we. It's a very structured program, and while. While it's extremely structured, we, we're very flexible inside of the two weeks because when you're dealing with schools, um, you have to be flexible. <laughs> so we're, we've, we've gotten very good at being flexible and adaptable. But so the two week program is designed to start off with a teacher huddle. And the reason we have a teacher huddle is because we actually go into the classroom to teach our, our lessons to the kids. So the, the teachers need to understand why we're there, how long we're going to be there. Are we disrupting their day? Uh, we're only in the classroom for about eight to 10 minutes. Uh, while we're teaching our leadership lesson to the kids. And our promise to them is that one, we'll always ask before we come in to make sure it's okay, the timing works. And we have times where the teacher says, no, they're in the middle of something, maybe a quiz they're doing or something they haven't finished. And we'll restructure and we'll come back to them later in the, in the day if we need to. Um, but we also promise that we're gonna leave the classroom better than we found it. And we have a lot of fun ways to do that. I won't get into all those details right now because it can be a little cumbersome in terms of time. But um, so we, we explain to the teachers why we're there, how that's going to work, and basically what they can do to help support us. And really all we need from the teachers is to be cheerleaders for us, to, to welcome us into the classroom, to support us, to be cheerleaders and, and kind of promote the program with their kids and get excited about it. Um, and, uh, and then we ask them to share a couple of emails throughout the uh, throughout the two weeks with the parents so the parents know what's going on as well and they because each email that they share talks about the lesson that we taught for that day because we want the kids and we tell the kids to go home and share the lesson share what they learned today with with mom and dad um these uh, i don't know if you can see these here but i've got some some bands on and, and all the kids get one of these uh, th uh this one says integrity this says be a hero and the one around here says i think i turned it inside out um it says grit it says grit on it. Okay. Those are three of our lessons this year. This year, our lesson is mighty. This year, we're talking about mindfulness, integrity. We talk about um, grit. Am um, I spelling that right? Uh, yeah, grit. And we talk about being a hero. And being a hero means 
being a hero with your service to others. We talk about thinking ahead, having a plan, knowing what your like what your end result is and how you're going to get there. And then we talk about it's your turn now. Now that we've taught you these lessons, it's your turn to put them into practice every day in your life. So that's our theme this year, Mighty. It's, it's an awesome theme. I think grit is extremely appropriate, especially, you know, in the year of 2020, right? So um, so then after we after we have our teacher huddle, then we have our pep rally day. That's where we're actually get the whole school together. We talk to the kids about why we're there. We make it super fun. We play music and we, we, we have fun with the kids while we're there. And we talked about why we're there. We talked to them about them being leaders for their schools and, and the leadership lessons that we're going to talk to them about over the next two weeks. Um, and we talked to them about how we're going to help. We're gonna, they're going to help their school raise money for their school. And we talk about why they're raising money. It might be for technology. It might be for a new playground. It might be for an addition. It could be for a lot of different things. Um, and then um, we have six what we call our team days. Those team days are where our athletes are literally going into the classroom and teaching the lessons. As I said, they're only in the classroom for about eight to 10 minutes. But what real, where the, and this is really where the magic happens because this is where all the interaction with the, with the students is. And this is where the connections are made. Um, and this is where my athletes are inspiring and mentoring these kids. So outside of the lessons that they teach, which are eight to 10 minutes, then they're actually hanging out with the kids at lunch, at recess, at PA, PE. And um, so they're there literally all day. They're there before the kids get off the bus, um, you know, seven, eight in the morning till three or four in the afternoon and after the kids go home. Um, it's, and and it, there's just a lot of engagement and fun that happens through those six days. And then the second Thursday of the two weeks is when we have our event day. Um, as you can see, there's a couple of different, uh, if I can kind of move a little bit to the side, we've got our fun run, we've got our kindness, which is our serve program. We have a remix, which is a kind of a dance um, party uh, fitness program. We have an obstacle course. So we have different events that the school can choose from for event day. The two weeks leading up to it is always the same but the event can be different depending on, you know, each year they can choose a different event or they can keep doing the same one over and over again. And then the last Friday is sort of our wrap up day. That's where we um, kind of go back. We, we give out any last minute rewards that the kids have earned or that the classroom has earned. One of the cool things about our program is that every student's included. Um, even if they don't raise money, they're getting the leadership lessons. Every student gets the, the wristbands. Uh, they all get a t-shirt for event day that they can wear. Um, and then when the classroom reaches um, uh, um, fun, like um, plateaus and their fundraising as a class, the whole classroom gets to participate in an event. It might be an extra recess period. It might be a dodgeball game with the Apex team. Uh, they might get to pie the Apex team in the face, the athletes. So it, we do a lot of fun things with the kids. They might get a pizza party, a popsicle party. So, but all of them get to participate in this. So we really want to make sure everybody's included. We talk a lot about team when we're there um, and how they work together as a team and they're not individuals, they're team and they're supporting each other. So that's really sort of a big part of how it works. Um, a few quick stories, if I can, about some of the successes we had. Um, we had we served um, a school in the uh, Upper Dublin um, School District, and one of the teachers was really concerned about giving up eight to ten minutes of her day each day. And she's like, I really don't have time to give that up. And she was really concerned and she, she wasn't really on board about doing this. By the end of the two weeks, she went into the admin assistant and she said, this is the best program we've ever done here. You have to bring them back. Um, next year. So that was a really great 
testimonial uh, from somebody who didn't think she was going to enjoy what we were doing. And that's sort of that's sort of how it works. We we really just get ingrained in the culture of the school and and just create some tremendous relationships. Uh, we had another I had a principal from another school that said, you know, you have to bring them back next year. He was talking to his home and school associations. You need to bring these guys back next year because the lessons they taught really hit home with the kids we needed them to hit home with. And the last one and that school netted over forty four thousand dollars. And he didn't say bring them back because we raised a lot of money. He said bring them back because the lessons really impacted the kids that we needed them to. Um, and then last but not least, another quick story. This was uh, in uh, Wincote Elementary in Cheltenham. Um, their their fundra- major fundraisers, I was told, generally raised about three to $5,000. With our program, they ended up netting over $17,000, which was tremendous for them. And they were able to put a, that money towards their PBIS program, which is a positive behavior and inter- intervention support program that they had adopted last year. And um, I went back two days after the event was over and I had my Apex sweatshirt on. And one of the girls, one of the students came up to me, and she was a third or fourth grader. And she came up to me, she's, she said, would you please tell Billy Wonka and Mojo that I miss them? Okay, Billy Mojo and Wonka were my, the, the two athletes that, that um, you know, ran the program for that school. And then that's sort of what really hits home with me. That's what touches me. And that's what really gets me excited about what we do. Well, one last question, and hopefully it is a one word answer sure. because we're running out of time. Okay. And that is, who would you like to be, Ken? You know, that's a great question. I think one of my biggest challenges is getting um, getting FaceTime with some of the principals and home and school and PTO members. So that's really who I'm looking to talk to. I'm looking to talk to principals of elementary and middle schools and, and the and the board members, moms and dads that are on the, the PTOs or the home and school association. Um, that's really who I need to speak to. Thank you, Ken. That is fascinating. And clearly you are quite different from other fundraisers. So for parents out there with middle age, middle school age children and elementary children, I know Ken Myers is available on LinkedIn. Look him up and see if you can't broker some of those introductions so that Apex can move forward. Can I just ask one last quick quick question? Sure, absolutely. And would special ed schools be on your radar or is that Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, most of the elementary school, schools we work with have a special ed group of kids, and um, we we will work with those kids as well. And and one of the really neat things, one of the schools we work with, they uh, we they did a fun run, and we did it inside the gym because the weather, frankly, didn't cooperate, so we had to do it inside instead of out. But um, there were a number of students that came, and a lot of the kids that were in their special ed were actually in wheel, wheelchairs, and the kids actually ran the the the. the the special needs kids in their wheelchairs around the gym, around the track multiple times. And you should have cool. seen the smiles on their faces. It was really, it was really something special. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. And I think we're definitely going to have to have you back for another show, particularly if your COVID is over. Yeah. Well, you know what, you know, just a real quick, point about that. One of the great things about Apex, I talked about our flexibility. We've actually designed a virtual program for schools that can use now while their kids are actually at home in a hybrid mode. We'll actually teach our lessons on a Zoom or, you know, YouTube or some sort of uh, media platform. So we can actually, schools can actually do that now. And we understand that it's challenging in terms of fundraising right now, because there's there's parents that are out of work and things like that. So we really focus on the leadership part of it and it helps support the kids' social and emotional learning with the lessons that we're teaching. And it's a nice escape for the kids. So, um, you know, we can actually support schools even though they're not actually in school right now. Thank you. 
Now, for our uh, viewers out there, I always like to give a sneak peek as to who our next guest will be. And for our next show, it will be equally fascinating because we're going to have Jordan Fisher, Esquire, from the Expan Law Group. Expan Law Group, okay? The Expan Law Group is a boutique domestic and international cybersecurity and data privacy firm. Something that's very much in demand today. So thank you all for tuning in for our episode of Money Matters. And remember, your money matters.